0: W B N E Hello and welcome to episode 182. All about the Lord of the Rings appendices. Appendix A. Being the 182nd part of that's what I'm talking about. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. I've been experiencing the world of J.R.R. Tolkien for the first time, and this week we are continuing our dive into the Lord of the Rings appendices. Today, just like last week, I was joined by Josh, known as J.R.R. Jokin on Twitter, and this is part two of our conversation because I severely underestimated the appendices. Last week, we began our discussion on Appendix A, talking about the line of Elendil and his two sons, Isildur and Anarion. We went through the line of Isildur and what happened with them in the north and Angmar and lots of bad stuff, and then just started talking about the line of Anarion, and the kings of Gondor. And so that's where we are picking up this week. So if you missed it, go back and check out last week's episode and get the start of Appendix A, and then we'll continue on and discuss more of it this week and next week, and I think even the week after that. And that's just Appendix A. Gondor also has, there are also other men in the north, and they're just called the Northmen, Right. um <laughs> North and,
1: men Easterlings yeah, <laughs> yeah so, very
0: yeah. yeah very very creative um right. and you know Mount Doom
1: <laughs> right <laughs> Tolkien is amazing in so many places but there's a couple where you're like that was hmm, on the nose yeah that,
0: yeah uh, <laughs> they have these other men and there seems to be a, a good effort to really kind of get to know them and connect with them and form, you know, alliances and whatnot. There do start to be these battles, like we said, with the Easterlings um, and the Northmen come to their aid at some point. And so because of this, the king at that time is like, okay, cool, let's be bros. You know, part of the issue, I think, that really gets things going is that. Some of the Northmen also sided with the Easterlings in in these battles. Which side note? I think this part could be very interesting for Rings of Power, given that we have the the Southlanders, even though they're they're south somewhere. I don't right. know where. I don't know where they're <laughs> south of. You know, even though they're Everything's the Southlanders, south of somewhere, right? Yeah, but like. We have this happening here where the Northmen are we're trying to like be buddies with them, but some of them side with the bad guys. And so I think it that, you know, kind of like sets a precedent for rings of power to like work off of with some of those like the the groups of men in the show to be like, are Mm -hmm. they gonna be bad? Are they gonna side with the bad guys, you know, the Easterlings and, you know, are they gonna go down to umbar and you know who who knows so i think reading a lot of this stuff i think gives me a lot more ideas for like where they could go with rings of power
1: totally because you you definitely see the differences between the numenoreans how they are really like the chief of men, with the longer lives and the the greater glory and uh, achievements and building and civilization, basically, like as high above just men in general that the elves are, and that gulf. And at times, what you would look at and say, like those those are kind of like we're we're sticking with our race. You know what I mean? We're not one of them, the othering that happens you see that to a smaller extent with like the numenorians and the rest of men just anywhere yeah. like the what really pushes them over the edge is this like mingling where the the king's son Balakar. yeah he's raised among them and he has one a north man's name and then he takes a north woman as his wife and there's this whole like wait no we're above them we're better than these like they can help us in a war or fighting but not mixing together and you so you yeah. see this like what are they gonna do and then in this kin strife that happens one of the great evils of gondor tolkien calls it what it leads to is this civil war because it's, no, we're we're not going to have one of them here. And so yeah. just that prejudice yeah, in between says, these different groups. It says,
0: for the high men of Gondor already looked, I had to look up this word. I'd never seen this word before, mm. um, scants, I'm mm-hmm. assuming is how you say it. <laughs> yep. um, it just means yeah. like si- basically like side-eyeing someone. Yes, you're know? yeah, right. <laughs> Um For the high men of Gondor already looked askance at the Northmen among them. And it was a thing unheard of before that the heir of the crown or any son of the king should wed one of lesser and alien race. So even though we have this one king in, in Gondor who is like, hey, you know, some of you helped us out with those Easterlings. I want to, you know... um. I, I, I want to nurture these relationships. You know, we're all we're all of one people. We're ultimately right. on the same side. We live Kumbaya. in the same land. Let's be friends. And he sends his son Valakar to be an ambassador in the Northern lands. And then that's where he meets a woman, falls in love. They have a son. And it's like, it's one thing for them to start mingling with the Northmen. It's mm-hmm. another to like, take the you know it's taking these relationships farther than the other gondorians mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, yep.
0: <laughs> gondorians are are comfortable with and that's where um a lot of that's where yes this kin strife happens Valakar's son who so this is the son of um uh, North woman and right. and uh Valakar, you know, the king of Gondor. His son, so this guy, Eldakar. I'm only trying to like mention names when like they might be like more important because there's so
1: yes, there are so many. <laughs> at, so- uh, at
0: one point, um kind of like right before we go into uh like Isildur's line and everything, it's a- it's like Sec- it's like Roman numeral two, the realms in exile, and it says the northern line and then the southern line, and it just mm-hmm. lists all right. of the names. <laughs> and so this was, I kept like flipping back and forth and being like, okay, so he's the son of this guy, and then he's like, oh my God. So anyway, Eldacar is now the king of Gondor, but he is rejected by a lot of the Gondorians. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is... Forced from his throne, essentially. Again, okay, I still have to remind myself. They're in Osgiliath. So he is forced Mm -hmm. from Osgiliath at this point. And this is where it says, in that siege and burning, the dome of Osgiliath was destroyed and the Palantir was lost in the waters. So this is so intense that they have destroyed part of Osgiliath and they have, like, one of the Palantir is lost is mm-hmm. gone yep. all because they're like we don't like you <laughs> <laughs> so then this is where I said earlier like the the kingship kind of jumps around from like this one's nephew this one's uncle you know um so it goes back up to I did I did the like um the the math so to speak the mm-hmm. family mm-hmm. math to be like which one is this again so Eldekar's great uncle <laughs>
1: mm-hmm
0: his great-uncle's grandson, so I think it would be Eldakar's, um, like, third cousin or something. <laughs>
1: right, yeah.
0: Um, he takes the crown. His name is Castamir, and he proved himself haughty and ungenerous. He was a cruel man, as he had first shown in the taking of Osgiliath. He captures Eldakar's son and sentences him to death And it Mm -hmm. says, the slaughter and destruction done in the city at his bidding far exceeded the needs of war. So he's just a straight-up warlord. Yeah. (laughs) Bad vibes from him. (laughs) Eldakar eventually comes back after, like, ten years in exile. Big battle. He kills Castamere. And this is where those faithful to Castamere, the the king's men, you know, this is what we were talking about earlier, where they leave Minas Tirith, uh, Osgiliath area, and they go south to Umbar, become kind of like you know tra- traitors to Gondor, essentially mm-hmm. over the years. Right, life goes on as <laughs> usual, <laughs> um, and eventually we get down to a plague that wipes out a lot of people, wipes out the king and all of his children. Um, and this is where things really start getting bad in terms of, like, the security going on in Gondor. because yeah, yeah. so they remember, they're still in Osgiliath at this point. A lot of their people are sick. Their king is dead. Their king has, like, no air, no more, I should say. Oh, wait, no, is right. it was at this point? I can't remember. No, I think that's later. Never mind. <laughs> um, the king and his kids are killed from this plague. A lot of people are wiped out. So what the the watch that they have been keeping on mordor now really dwindles and they yep. are not as heavily things are not as heavily guarded anymore so this is where they really like open themselves up to vulnerability so in this time gondor is just trying to they're just trying to get by a lot of their yeah. people have died the other half have left them gone to umbar um and this is where so it says the third evil was the invasion of the Wainriders. I'm assuming the second evil was that plague. Um, right. Um, yeah. So strife plague, Wayne yeah, The Wainriders, Wainriders were uh, a people or a confederacy of many peoples that came from the east. And they're really strong. And so they come in and start up another battle. And, you know, or I say a battle. These battles and like this war are always ongoing, essentially.
1: Yeah, I think it. Tolkien says somewhere it's like a hundred years worth of wars, something like that. It's it's a long time.
0: Yeah, so like like multiple kings are taking the throne, like throughout this mm-hmm.
1: and it's at this point that the ring wraiths go back into Mordor somewhere in this conflict with the Wayne Riders. Uh they right. slip back in because the guard, the watch is down.
0: Yeah. Sorry, meant to say during the plague, that's when they finally leave Osgiliath and go to Minas Tirith because Osgiliath at this point has either been... It, it's been, like, so run down because of war and strife and all the stuff. Right. So that's when they move to Minas Tirith. Also, the white tree... I'm losing track of, like, how many times, like... The tree dies, but then someone takes a seed and plants it again. Right. And then moves the, and then moves the tree, so the tree at this point dies. And I was like, okay, this is when like it dies for the final time. And then the next time it lives is when Aragorn comes back. No. Um nope. the king, like during the plague, takes a seedling, I think, when they go to Minas Tirith and plants that. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's the final time it's like replanted, I think.
1: I think so. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, kinda hard to oh keep track God. of. Yeah. Definitely symbolic. Uh, things are not going well. So yeah,
0: all of that happened during like the plague stuff. And then yeah, the Wainriders, Riders, the Ring Wraiths. This is when Arvid Dewey kind of mm-hmm. comes in. Um, Because it does say that Arthedain, the one part of Isildur's heir's lands that like thrived well enough, Mm -hmm. Arthedain is also, you know, having this attack with the Witch King and all of that. And this is kind of like the first time it mentions the other line and like the other land in while it's talking about the other land, because... The whole time I'm reading this, I'm like, okay, so why haven't, like, Isildur's heirs, like, come to help Gondor? Why haven't they come and visited or, you know, like, what's going on with all of these different lands? And this is when they finally, that's right, sorry, it's coming back to me. (laughs) (laughs) After all of this, they finally are like, oh, it looks like there's one evil power. Maybe yeah. we should all team up. They all kind of they they realize together oh our enemy is the same enemy. How can mm-hmm. we address that together? But like at that point it's kind of too late. Yeah. and um, that's when Angmar begins uh, it, it attacks Arthedain again and then the Wayne riders are coming into Gondor. And so Arvedui ends up in Gondor.
1: Well, he well he claims the crown of Gondor, but then there—that's when they're like, "Nope."
0: Yeah, he comes in and he marries. It's okay, so it's King Andor, under here, King on here, and his sons die in battle. That's what happens. Right. Meanwhile, there is also this other guy, Neil, captain of the of the southern army. So he's military leader. Um, other authoritative figure leader at mm-hmm. this point in Gondor. So the king and both of his sons die in battle. Well Arvazui at some point or another has met and married Theriel, the only surviving child of Or of here So now like this battle's over the king is dead and he comes up and he's like hey I am from Isildur's line. I'm Isildur's heir crown please <laughs> uh, i'll take that like i'm here <laughs> right. um i yeah. see you have a vacant a vacancy like
1: <laughs> right i would like to submit my application yeah here's my resume um of
0: <laughs> and the people are not a fan of this it just says the council of gondor i don't know exactly who is on the council but the council of gondor tell him elendil died and isildur left um he gave like this area he gave gondor to Anarion. So this is for Anarion's heirs to be king over. And you are Isildur's heir. You're not Anarion's line. Dewey says, he's like, Elendil did not mean, and Isildur did not mean for everything to be split into two. It's all just supposed to be like, we are all of Elendil's line. And mm-hmm. that's why I should be king. And he also points out, by the way, in Numenor, you know how much you guys <laughs> love Numenor? <laughs> yeah. In Numenor, they didn't care if the child of the king was a man or a woman. They just gave it to them regardless. But it, right. it,
1: it literally way, just Laquan says, to this, Gondor
0: yeah. made no answer. Great. So that's all it says, is that they just, they just left him on red. They were like, sorry. Yep.
1: Yep. <laughs> so
0: I appreciate... That Arvidu was like, by the way, this is like quite a double standard you guys are doing. You know, you're so proud. We're so proud to be Numenorians, And yet you won't let the female surviving child of the previous king take take reign. Okay, I see how it is.
1: Right. He has like a dual pronged argument where he says like, well, Isildur was he became high king over both realms after Elendil dies. So I should. Qualify just based on that, but oh, even more than that, I'm married to the last remaining yeah. heir. It's like a double, like, like it's even a pretty if you strong don't want me to rule, right? Exactly. Even she should don't be like allowed that. to rule. Like it was <laughs> <Yeah>. her father's
0: <laughs> throne her brothers died now, like this should all just go on to the next person. But no, they're not having it. Right. Just silence. I will say props to Arv for doing, he could have, it just says he did not press his claim. And he, I guess just, it just said for, he had neither the power nor the will to oppose the choice of the Dunedain of Gondor. And Mm -hmm. he, he's just like, fine. I guess this is just not, it's just not the time. Yet (laughs) (laughs) for, for, you know, one of the Sildur's heirs to be on the throne. Maybe there will come a time, but, like, it's not that time now. Mm -hmm. It's really crazy, though. So when he was born, when Arvidu was born, this is just like a little, like, Tolkien loves to throw in, like, random, again, kind of like those bits of, like, tragic irony or something.
1: Right. Um,
0: When he was born... A seer told his father to name him this because he will be the last in Arthedain. He is like the last king of Arthedain. And she says that eventually the Dúnedain will come to a choice. And if they choose what is maybe a little more difficult or a little more unsure or unclear, Mm -hmm. then your son will change his name and become king of a great realm and if not then much sorrow and many lives of men shall pass until the dunadine arise and are united again so they do not they, they they make the choice that is less scary for them which is to make arneil the king for now
1: right he's still of the the like royal line the right. the king's household yeah. he's just not the direct heir um so it seems like the safer choice to them we know him he's one great renown it's more convenient for us you know (laughs) but um yeah like you're pointing out that prophecy about it the choice comes to them and they choose the one that seems more hopeful but actually it's not it's
0: not yeah (laughs) i love that it's like it's a line in harry potter or something and it's like people have a knack for choosing precisely what is, I'm butchering the line, but it's like pe- <laughs> people always choose the thing that they think is best for them and it just ends up being the worst for them, you know?
1: Right, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah.
0: Meanwhile, now we're kind of jumping over. There's Kierden the Shipwright. Reminder for everyone, he is like one of the OG elves. Yeah. Um, And he has been like on the coast Hanging out this whole time. <laughs> um, so Círdan and the next king of Gondor are like, let's try and do something maybe about this evil problem. And so Círdan sends his fleet and his support over and Arnor, nor I guess son of, I think he is the son of Arnil. nil Yes. Um Eonor is in this battle and they're fighting against again the Witch-king.
1: Right, because Gondor had they had promised the aid when they were both like, hey, it's one enemy against each other. So they right. promised to help each other, but then they they can't really until this is the final finally in Gondor they feel, all right, we're strong enough to send help, but it's too late because Dane is also already fallen and the 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 last king here Arbidui, he's already off with his fate but Arnil sorry and Arnur <laughs> he he comes <laughs> with their army yeah uh, and uh, Kierden is the one who who brings them there yes so they they've promised this help it's the first they're able to do it they aren't aren't able to save the kingdom, but they are able to fight the Witch King.
0: Yeah. Although I will say, it does say, then so utterly was Angmar defeated that not a man nor orc of that realm remained west of the mountains. So they do have right. that win at least.
1: Right. It's a total victory, but the kingdom isn't saved. Yeah. It's like both of them are wiped out. Yeah.
0: So all so this battle is happening. The Witch King like comes out and taunts Arnor and he tries to fight him and then by the way Glorfindel is here.
1: <laughs> yes, Glorfindel is here. <laughs>
0: Glorfindel is here. He's fighting. Um and he tells him he's like just let just let the witch king go. Um he says do not pursue him he will not return to this land. Far off yet is his doom and not by the hand of man will he fall. So we get that, you know, that that's the first kind of of that infamous right. proclamation
1: hmm right because he's another one of those OG elves the one who has come back from the undying lands and is hanging out doing all kinds of awesome things that don't make it into any of the adaptations he's always replaced with <laughs> Legolas <laughs> and, I and I the animated why. and Marwan and right he just I get kind it
0: kind of like he just shows up sometimes <laughs>
1: right yeah and then he's like Tolkien's like well why didn't he go on the fellowship oh because if they knew that he went then Sauron would know something's up because he's like that awesome he's that amazing and Instead he's the reason send that
0: Legolas. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: it's like uh, let's send the B team no I love Legolas but it is this like him showing up is part of why the witch king flees because it's like oh dang Glorfindel's here. Like, I need to get out of here. Yeah, it does say Along then Glorfindel
0: rode up on his white horse, and in the midst of his laughter, the Witch King turned to flight and passed into the shadows.
1: Right. So that so yeah. gives you some level of like
0: who this who this who elf he is. is, yeah.
1: Right. But it it's kinda Aarner whose horse. You know, spooked, and he gets embarrassed, and the Witch King laughs at him, and <laughs> it's like too late for him because Glorfindel tells him, "Hey, let him go, let it go, it's all right. He, like, you can't not, take him out.
0: Yeah, it's not your problem. Exactly.
1: Yeah, like don't. <laughs> We're not going to be able to worry do anything about, about him. Right. It's like too late because his pride is just as the greatest, you know, warrior in however many generations and years, and as the future king of Gondor and everything, his pride's. Pricked, you know, and so this leads us into, you know, him being the last king of Gondor.
0: Yeah. So the Witch King goes back to Mordor and calls the other Ringwraiths to, you know, come have a meeting, come hang out. (laughs) Um, and that's when they take Minas Ithil over. Um, the pal, there's a Palantir there, so that's how. like the dark side, you know, gets a palantir. um, And they rename Minas Ithil Minas Morgul. Then later on, so Ejarnir, he becomes king. Later on, the uh, witch king taunts him again. And he's like, maybe I'm older and stronger and wiser now. Maybe I can defeat him. (laughs) Um, So he goes to fight him. And then he's never heard of again. It says it was believed in Gondor, uh, that the faithless enemy had trapped the king and that he died in torment. However, since no one officially saw him die, and I'm assuming also he didn't have he didn't have sons or he didn't have nephews or like they're really kind of at the the end of any kind of line of Anarion at this point. Any like any yeah. connection to him is basically Gone at this point.
1: Yeah, it says that he would take no wife for his only pleasure was in fighting or the exercise of arms. So he's like, I'm just going to go have fun wrestling fighting yeah. conquering whatever you know all the manly training mandies, to, to right, go yeah.
0: beat the witch king finally right yeah bet, rocky yeah. montage <laughs> yes. yeah him running
1: up the steps <laughs> the different and levels and then he just gets God.
0: annihilated immediately right so.
1: yeah
0: <laughs> um so then this is where the leadership of gondor moves over to the stewards so Flip the page. Uh, We are almost done with this little section of Appendix A. So we'll be wrapping it up here in just a bit. Um, So, yeah, the stewards take control. And I think this is where we're really starting to get familiar with the story because we're like, okay, cool. That's, That's how things were running when we see Gondor in Lord of the Rings. Right. Um, It says, each new steward indeed took office with the oath to hold rod and rule in the name of the king until he shall return. But these soon became words of ritual little heeded, for the stewards exercised all the power of the kings. So over time, they're kind of more and more like, nah, this is cool. I'm going to be, you know, I might not be the king in name but basically i am the king
1: (laughs) gondor has no king gondor needs no king
0: dang dang
1: yeah that's that's the attitude
0: we see things progress it's i find this really ironic it says uh but from the time of denethor the first there was never full peace again and like Mm -hmm. Just because, so Denethor second is like our Denethor, by the way. Yes. But I just mm-hmm. find it funny that like things really start taking a sharp decline when it's Denethor the first. Yeah. Uh, j- like just, you know, funny for us because everyone, of course, hates Denethor. Yeah. And like even though this Denethor isn't that same one, it's like, oh, of course it happened while right. he was. Yeah. Who in else was it gonna yeah. be if
1: yeah. not <laughs> the first Denethor whose son, the first Boromir the First, uh yeah. at least the one who Boromir was named after, is also fighting in to retake Osgiliath and all these other things. So yes. yeah, of course, who else?
0: In this time that the so they're seeing like more and more cre you know, like evil creatures. Uh they're seeing the now the race of Uruks, black orcs of great strength. Um, are now appearing in in the game. Finally, we're getting some mentions of Rohan now of like, yes, all, Rohan was also experiencing a lot of troubles.
1: Right. Um,
0: <laughs> they do eventually like form some kind of like alliance, which is again, interesting for us to see because they definitely are not in a state of alliance uh, when we start Lord of the Rings. K- uh, Kiron or C- I think it's Kiron granted mm. to Aorl that land to dwell in and he swore to Kiron <laughs> and the oath of Aorl of friendship at need or at call to the lords of Gondor so there's sw- the leaders of both of these lands now are swearing like hey call my name and we'll come and help out um, and obviously Things change, <laughs>
1: right. eventually. From, from what I remember, it's been a while since I read through *Return of the King*. But from what I remember, the movie definitely plays that up, that angle. Like in the movie, Denethor's like, "No, I'm not going to call for aid," but the beacons are already lit. Like he does light the beacons in the book, and um, Theoden is the the famous, "Where was Gondor, Gondor? when yeah. the Westward fell?" You know, yeah. and uh, it's like, I. That there isn't that same uh, bitterness, I feel like, which True. is definitely yeah, more dramatic right. and cinematic. But you're right; it is almost a, a like unlooked for, or it, it's just a very different situation here mm-hmm. yeah. than when we arrive.
0: It mentions that at this point, the steward of Gondor, it literally says, <laughs> gives the keys to Orthanc um, yeah. to. Saruman, this is when Saruman gets Orthanc, Um, I think, so it's, I had to reread this part a million times because I was like, I don't really see why. It just says, but Rohan was slower to be healed of the hurts that it had received. It was for this reason that Baron welcomed Saruman. And I was like, so is he just hoping that Saruman's going to be, you know, the friendly neighborhood wizard and maybe help out (laughs) Rohan? Like, is that what's happening here?
1: Um, yeah, I and, yeah, think and then it's it says, totally and
0: gave to him the keys to Orthink, which I just think is funny in
1: mm-hmm. like a
0: modern day context of like like you sign a lease and yes. getting a <laughs> and getting the keys Can you to imagine your, new pl- your new house. <laughs> or <something>. Ramon, he's <laughs>
1: filling out the application and uh, who's his emergency contact yeah. and everything. You know, not not yes. not. Uh...
0: <laughs> then we get to Ecthelion. He is Denethor's father. So we're almost there. We're almost like, you know, catching up with our Lord of the Rings timeline. Icthelion is like pretty cool, actually. Yes. Um, He's very smart. Um, And it also says he had the aid and advice of a great captain whom he loved above all. Throngil, which is quite a name. Mm -hmm. Um, Throngil men gave him in Gondor. The Eagle of the Star for he was swift and keen-eyed and wore a silver star upon his cloak. So it doesn't explicitly state it here. Maybe it will later on um, in this appendix, but this is actually Aragorn. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. Which I find hilarious that Aragorn was like, maybe I'm going to go check up on Gondor and see how things are going. (laughs) But also... I reckon he, he like walks in and is doing like a vibe check and is like, I don't think mm-hmm. this is the time yeah, for, like, for me it, to be king yet.
1: Not right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it says he comes from Rohan, so that conversation that Aowen and Aragorn have about like what was my father talking about when he said yeah. that like he knew you and you were fighting together. It's like okay, so they're young Aragorns over there. Yeah, I think in it Rohan. says
0: he um, was also like of aid Aeta- yeah it says uh where he had served the king thingle
1: mm-hmm. which
0: is theoden's dad
1: right yeah so like little boy the theoden running around there yes um, so he comes from there great leader of men by land or sea and then here he's like giving the strategic advice of hey those umbar like they're dangerous there and it's going to come full circle when he's the one who with the army of the dead comes and takes out the rest but he's like this is going to come back to bite you ecthelion so he leads like this raid and they go and destroy most of the ships so think about how much worse it would have been you know if he hadn't done this already but basically like you said he's they're all ready to go back in triumph to Gondor and have him, you yeah. know, receive all these accolades and be like the man, the hero, the legend. And he's like, no, yeah, I can't says, do it.
0: He would not return to Minas Tirith where great honor awaited him. So he is, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Aragorn in, after the battle, battle of Pelennor Fields, he like sets up camp outside of Minas Tirith.
1: Right. Because yeah. he's
0: like... I don't know what the state of things are like in there. Like the steward just set himself on fire. Like, like, I'm gonna hold off. I'm not gonna go into meanest tierth until like I'm absolutely sure. And like, give them
1: a little time to figure out. Even though no one
0: knows like who he is at this point, he still has that like moral obligation like within himself that he's like no. I will mm-hmm. only return to Minas Tirith when it's time for me to be the king. Right. So he pieces out for a bit and everyone's like real sad and it's like, "Oh my Except god." Except for
1: Denethor. <laughs>
0: yeah. Denethor did not like this. What a shocker.
1: <laughs> I know. Yeah, so surprised.
0: <laughs> what a shocker. And it's not necessarily for like the reason you would think. It says Throngil often warned Icthelion not to put trust in Saruman the White in Isengard, but to welcome rather Gandalf the Grey. Denethor does not like Gandalf, <laughs> so right. yeah. he is like, no, I don't like Throngil. I don't. I don't believe his advice or counsel. Um, and then later on, many, it just it just says many believed. So, it's not necessarily true. We don't know. Right. But it's yeah. very possible that Denethor also knew who Throngil was and that it was actually Aragorn and that he believed he and Gandalf were going to like conspire together to oust Denethor and take back the crown. Even right. though, like, we know that was not Aragorn's intentions at that time. Yeah. Then we. <laughs> Fair warning: There's going to be a lot of screaming about Faramir in the, uh, in the like last five minutes of this. Right. So, um, Josh Faramir is like probably my favorite character.
1: Oh yes, I <laughs> and I
0: was absolutely Faramir. heartbroken by his add up his version of events in the movies.
1: Yes. So yes.
0: I just, I just, yeah. I believe he can do no wrong.
1: Justice for Faramir. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Absolutely. So. First, we get like a really fun, sick burn on Denethor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He listened to counsel and then followed his own mind is what it says. So he like he sought out other people's advice and counsel and then explicitly ignored it and did the opposite.
1: (laughs) Right. And at first, I think it's like one of those double edged things, right? Because it's both talking about how competent he is, how shrewd and wise he is. But then it's also his downfall. Like you're saying, it's his burn, because if he had actually brought more people into his confidence, then he wouldn't have made his one of his ultimate mistakes, which was with the Palantir and so many of them, but basically the despair that comes because he does all the right things to prepare for the end, but he does them like not half heartedly, but like with no hope, like he's just going through the motions because he's like, it's over. It's, it's over. And anyone who's not with me is against me kind of paranoia when it should have been more of a like, let, Hey, let's all get together and whoever you are. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he is very capable, very intelligent, a great a great leader. It says it proved a masterful lord, holding the rule of all things in his own hand. But because he's, he, he held it by himself, he's a proud man. Yes, mm. yes, it was his downfall.
0: His wife, Finduilas. No, not that Finduilas from the Silmarillion. Right. <laughs> um, honestly, I don't even remember who exactly Finduilas was in the Silmarillion. I just know it was a name. That I tried to say a billion times, and then finally <laughs> yeah. I got it right. So that's all I remember is that this is a character. By the way, a lot of these kings oh, yeah. and stewards of Gondor are all... Like, one of them is named... Uh, Ecthelion is son of Turgon, who is yep. son of Turin. Yeah. Um, also, I feel mm-hmm. like Turin is maybe a name we shouldn't have brought back.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> like, leave that one. That's what? one that
0: we can leave behind. Um We
1: don't need to redeem that one. One yeah, of them is just... named
0: Baron. So yes. a lot of these names are being, you know, brought back. back from the olden times. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, so he marries Vendoulas. They have two children, but she dies. Yes. And it says, Thor. This... Sorry, Denethor loved her in his fashion more dearly than any other, unless it were the elder of the sons that she bore. Oh my god! Yeah. See, the thing is, is Tolkien didn't have to write that part.
1: Like, he <laughs> didn't, didn't have need to write that part. part
0: of the sentence. He could have just said, like, she, he he loved her like so, like so dearly. But definitely his love went, Boromir Fendua lost
1: fair <laughs> right. Yeah, and it might be that, you know, the, the oh. charitable way is, oh, he reminded her, he reminded Denethor of her, and so he loved oh. her. But it's like, I don't God, think that's heart. really what's happening here. Yeah, it's like, yeah, in his own way. Oh, um, Denethor.
0: Yeah, <laughs> very sad. Okay, so so then in his grief... Um, it says, it was afterwards believed that needing knowledge, but being proud and trusting his own yeah. strength of will, he dared to look into the Palantir of the White Tower. In the years following her death, he becomes, it says, more grim and silent. So he's like really not doing good and he needs some <laughs> kind of guidance, but he's never going to ask anyone else for it. And yeah. he believes that he is strong enough to use the Palantir to his advantage and not be taken advantage of. And yep. obviously that doesn't happen.
1: No. Some men would literally look into the Palantir testing their strength against Sauron instead of going to therapy. And that's, that's yeah. Denithor right there. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> true. Oh, my gosh.
1: He needs to like just talk to somebody Ouch. and be like, I oh. miss her. I miss her. <laughs> Buddy. She's like, no, no
0: instead, I'm going to like make sure one of my sons knows that I hate him.
1: Right. <laughs> and i'm, and I'm gonna turn
0: to sauron rather yeah. than oh my god okay
1: like sending him like you up sauron
0: oh my god <laughs> um we get some descriptions of so like now we kind like we kind of know like the plot right. the plot that follows we're there all of this, we're right the time there time. yeah mm-hmm. um so we get some like Really great descriptions of Boromir and Faramir that Mm -hmm. I don't that like I think you can pick up on as you read the story, but like we don't necessarily get this at any point in Lord of the Rings. It says Boromir was uh, like his father in face and pride, but in little else. So it's kind of like so take that for what you will. Yeah. It also kind of means like he's a little dumb. Yeah. Um, He uh, delighted chiefly in arms, fearless and strong. By the way, arms like weapons, not his biceps. But I do also (laughs) like this idea that he was like, I'm going to be fit as hell. Um, Right. He was
1: uh, hitting the gym all the time.
0: (laughs) Fearless and strong, but caring little for lore, save the tales of old battles. So that's a great descriptor of Boromir.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He's here to
0: fight have a good time, you know, but he's he's not he's a he's, he's a fighter not a lover. And then yeah, conversely, Faramir is a lover not a fighter. Oh my god. Okay. It says that he was uh Faramir was like, huh, okay. So it says like Faramir Denethor. the younger was like him. Was that is that referring to Denethor or Boromir?
1: I think it's supposed to be Denethor okay, because I do too.
0: Okay, I was Okay. I wasn't sure about- as I was reading that. Anyway, Faramir the Younger was like him in looks, but otherwise in mind. So they both have this. I'm interpreting that as they both kind of have the same intellectual level. But Faramir is using it in a very different way. Mm -hmm. He read the hearts of men as shrewdly as his father. But what he read moved him sooner to pity than to scorn. He yeah. was gentle and bearing and a lover of lore and of music. And therefore, by many in those days, his courage was judged less than his brother's. But it was not so. <laughs> Except that he did not seek glory and danger without a purpose. And I'm just like, damn right.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's. That that to me is the heart. I've gone into so many like debates and rants with people. Like I could give a TED talk now <laughs> right. about Faramir and like his decision to and like why he wasn't tempted by the ring.
1: Right. Yeah. His
0: decision to send Frodo and Sam on their way, and it's because he had no desire for his own power. He had no. Adno- yes. Oh my god! It just kills me. It just kills me. Um. And it says he... So because he's this very studious boy, um, Mm. he welcomed Gandalf uh, whenever Gandalf came into the city and loved to learn from him. And so that obviously made his dad more angry with him. (laughs)
1: Right. Who are you hanging out with? Didn't I tell
0: you? Yeah. It's like... Oh, my God. And then this is the last paragraph on Gondor and the stewards and everything. And it says, yet between the brothers there was great love... And had been since childhood when Boromir was the helper and protector of Faramir. So it's just so beautiful that like these two brothers, especially with Denethor as the father, he could have pitted them against each other. It was very easy to make Faramir the scapegoat. Boromir easily could have been like, all right, I'm the favorite. But no, they loved each other deeply. Boromir was such a good big brother to Fairmir, his protector. Oh, my God. (sighs) Stab me in the heart. Just, oh, my (laughs) God. Okay. So, and then, you know, it, it says, like, and the rest of their tales are told somewhere else. <laughs> right, like, like their flip involvement back a few with the ring pages. <laughs> is expanded on elsewhere. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I know, I just read it.
1: <laughs> yeah, just just finished it. I'm very familiar.
0: Oh my god! So okay, that is we've been talking now for almost two hours, and that is just yeah. half of Appendix A. Oh Token my god,
1: does not go easy uh he's not he's not gonna i am hold back i can't remember if i
0: if i said this on the recording or not we talked about it maybe beforehand i came back to the appendices thinking this will be a quick easy episode (laughs) like just one episode i'll like okay great yeah i'll do an episode on the appendices and then that's what i've reached out to you and i was like do you want to talk about the appendices and then it came time for me to like actually you know write out the details of what we were doing. Right. And then I was, i that's when I picked up the book again. And I was like, oh, the oh. appendix are over a hundred pages long. Yeah. There's no way we can talk about it all at once. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's just do one part of it. Let's do appendix A. And then I sat down to read it thinking, oh, it's going to be like what? 15, 20 pages. It was 50 pages. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I got from, oh, I'll do the appendix in one episode to, Oh my gosh, we barely covered half of one appendix in right. one episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, th- I I I found it though very interesting to learn all this mm. history. History of Gondor, history of um you know, we're getting a little bit of, of Rohan here. I, I did see, I think, that it comes up later on in yes. Appendix A, so we'll learn more. Uh I think the next part of the appendix, is, so it's about Aragorn and Arwen, and then I think we go into Rohan, and then some stuff of, with the dwarves. Um After watching Rings of Power, I'm so interested to read about the dwarves, because... Mm. Mm-hmm. I loved them so much in the show that I'm like I'm I'm all in on the dwarves in a way that I don't think I was before the show. So I think that'll be really fun to dive into. But um yeah, yeah this was just super cool to read and be like, "Oh, what a what an insane history." <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. And it's all in its way relevant to this story. Yeah. Like we've said throughout it, it's adding layers, it's adding details. It's it's that kind of thing where you can say, did you know that the, the ring that Aragorn wears, that that is the heirloom of his line, is older than the Rings of Power themselves? Like that kind of knowledge about, or, okay, we see these Palantiri in uh, the actual events of the Lord of the Rings, but what about the rest? Or just filling in these gaps that tolkien couldn't cram into the story i mean especially aragorn and arwen just so especially from his point of view so critical to the story as a whole but then not really the narrative like he he just couldn't work these pieces in he had it all but it's just kind of like for those interested you know for the ones who want to (laughs) do further study you know extra reading
0: it's it's these details that literally no other author would bother themselves to come <laughs> right. up with. Being like, yeah. no, the story is set in, you know, this war-torn, like, this post... Uh, I have some friends who refer to Middle-earth as we see it in Lord of the Rings as, like, post-apocalyptic.
1: Totally. Multiple um, apocalyptic. Yeah, and
0: it's like, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily... The details exactly of how we got here... Don't necessarily matter to other creators, but to Tolkien, he could not rest until we made sure that we knew the name of the grandson of the <laughs> 20th King of Gondor, you know, like,
1: yeah, we needed yeah.
0: those details, so... Mm-hmm. Josh, thank you so much for joining me to discuss this and hanging in here for almost two hours. I'm so sorry. I know you have a family, you have a a wife and children to go home to. (laughs) It's
1: been a pleasure. It really has. I'm uh, just, thank you so much for having me to discuss this. I was so glad to even just be rereading it and like, man, there's good stuff here, you know? Super cool. I
0: will say, I'm glad I came back around to get to this eventually. Um, where can people find you on the internet? And is there, are there any projects, you know, you mentioned you have, um, the, the newsletter email that you do, like, where can people find all that?
1: So most places you can find me, uh, the username is at Josh Carlos, Josh, J O S H C A R L O S -S 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 and then Josh again. So that's on Twitter, that's on Instagram, on Facebook. I'm even on Mastodon uh, there, Mastodon Online. Um, so that's most places. And then I've started this newsletter, and uh, that's JRR Jokin, which is kind of my display name most of these places. The username's different. Um, so that's JRR Jokin at substack.substack.com. So that's, uh, I'm doing about weekly updates there. And then, kind of random. I'm mostly on Twitter. I'm on Twitter a lot, uh, <laughs> but I'm still on the other places, Instagram or Facebook, just not nearly as much. So, Twitter and the newsletter; those are the two places. And uh, yeah, I've I've just started that newsletter, but I'm really excited for this coming year and all the things that I've got planned there because it's a place to have longer discussions, not podcast yeah, length, totally obviously. Got it. But still just to fill out, you know, yeah, it's almost, hard to do
0: those things,
1: you know, yeah.
0: on Twitter and and whatnot. Yeah. Right.
1: Even a Facebook post or whatever. It, those just aren't the mediums. But to actually have longer discussions and, you know, expanding on things and then to have people interact in a way um, that's just a little different. Uh, I'm I'm excited for that and where it's going.
0: Awesome. Listeners, all that will be linked in the episode description. So make sure to go check it out. Give them a follow. Um, especially if you, you know, you like the lightheartedness <laughs> that that yeah. I bring to Tolkien. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm talking about as a proud member of WBNE. If you want to learn more about the network, you can go to WBNE.org. The cover art is by Vaishon Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at Vaishon Designs. If you want to get merch for that's what I'm talking about, go to tpublic.com slash user slash pod You can follow the podcast on social media at Tolkienabout Pod, and you can follow me on Twitter at MCWhatsup and on Instagram at MCTurn for If you want to support the podcast, you can become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash tolkinabout pod to see the different levels of support that are available. Any level of support that you want to choose is so appreciated by me. This week's sponsor of the podcast is Susan. Susan, thank you so much for your support of the podcast. I'm also realizing now that I think I accidentally left your name off of my previous list of sponsors, and I'm so sorry for that. So how do I make up two months worth of sponsor messages? Um, Say thank you a million times. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Did that work? Susan, I'm so sorry, but here's your shout out finally. And thank you so much for your support. As always, if you like what you're listening to, please make sure to rate and review. Thank you again so much for joining me. Do you have any parting words for the audience?
1: I would say if you've made it this far with us through this, you know, there is so much good stuff here. And I just, even in reading through it again, was encouraged and amused and like we have something special in this thing that we share right this uh fandom this this world that we're all experiencing together so maybe you've read them already the appendices go back and reread them or um maybe it's been a while since like for me you've been through the book itself i'd encourage you whatever that little way is of re-experiencing some of this go for it because you're gonna be encouraged. You're gonna be in a better place than you were before you started.
0: And that's what I'm talking about.